Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast. I am your host, episode number 13. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, and I count it an honor and privilege to be here to share with you the Word of God and what God's put in our heart today. And as you know, we've been sharing from a book called Faith and Hope and Courage in a Changing Time. And as this world's been changing with this pandemic and it caused all kinds of other changes going on in this world too. And so this book is teaching us what God is leading me to share with you. How to live in these changing times. Okay. And most of the, what we're learning is we got to learn to trust God and go his way. Then also we're going to do our prayer requests today. And I still have... The same amount of prayer request in toll. Then we're going to share a story from a weekly journal of practical Christian living. A Sunday school thing for our thoughts. It's called Hidden in the Hollow of His Hand. And then we'll have our closing remarks and then we'll move on through our days. But if this show is blessing you, I ask you to... Let's just share it with people and let people listening to it can be blessed too. And we might be um, adding some music here soon. Again, I used to do that on the other pot, on the other platform, but I had some trouble with music. But I found a way to clear that up, and so we just gotta trust and obey God. And when He wants things, that stuff to happen. I'll bring I'll introduce it to the show. So let's pray and let's get into our Bible study. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to take a coal of heaven's altar and anoint these lips of clay. I just ask you, Lord, to help me teach this lesson the way you want me to teach it. Help me, Lord, to be your words and not mine. Help me to take a back seat and let you use me through your anointing. We ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, as you know, the last couple of days we've been studying a few podcasts. We've been studying on the subject of anxiety and there was four thoughts. Yesterday I shared one thought with you. The day before I shared two. And today I'm going to share thought four. And... The reason I didn't share it too yesterday because this one's a little bit was a little bit longer and so was the other one so it was best to do it on it's there them ones on their own so if you got your Bibles with you again I want you to open up to the book of Philippians the book of Philippians the book of Philippians. Chapter number four. Philippians chapter four. And we're going to look at verse six. And it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by God's by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And what is this telling us? Basically, what this is telling us, we need to stop worrying. Don't be anxious about it. Don't get anxiety about it. 
but take the situation to God, trust Him, give it to Him, and He'll take care of it. Now, today's part of this thought, we're going to be studying 12 things that He promises us to promise us to do. Now, I'm not going to open the scripture up to all 12 things because of the time constraints that we have. We don't have that time. But we do got 12 promises from the Lord that we're going to look at. Alright? Are you feeling anxiety today? Program your mind with these promises. Okay? And these 12 promises, in other words, we got to keep these things in our mind throughout the day and throughout our lives every day and program. And how can you program them? One, one, you can look them up and study them. Two, you can be like my wife, write them down on the three by five card and put them in the bathroom mirror or your bedroom mirror or your windows or somewhere in the kitchen, maybe if you're a woman, if you're a wife that cooks dinner, have them hanging on above the stove, or places where you can see them. If you're a man, hang, put them in your in the tool garage. Put them. But in other words, put them in a place where you can see them, where you can keep repeating them, and ask God to help you through them with these twelve promises. All right. And the first one is, and we're going, to, we're going to discuss each one at a length. It says, be, he's telling us to be strong and courageous. Be not afraid of them which you read. Be not, be strong and courageous and be not afraid or dismayed. For there is, for there is with us our God to help us. Second Chronicles 32 verses 7 and 8. So basically God is promising us right now. He's with us and don't, he don't want you to be afraid. That's the first thing with anxiety. We got to stop being afraid and start trusting God and knowing that he's there and he's going to help us. That's a very, very important thought there. We got to learn to trust God, not be scared, and let him take care of things. You, you might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, how can I do that? I'm a human with feelings. That's true. That is very true. But we got to learn to control our feelings. Am I saying we need to be like Vulcans? No. From the Federation? No. But what I'm saying, we need to learn to look up when we start to get scared and remember what this Bible verse is telling us. That God is with us and he will take care of us. And that's an easy thing to do, but we got to get up off the throne of our lives and trust God to run our lives by us going to him and talking to him. All right, the second one. I will rescue you, declared the Lord. You will not be given into the hands of those you fear. 
Jeremiah 39.17. So here it is in the book of Jeremiah 39.17 is telling us, Dude, I'm going to rescue you. Don't be scared. I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to let you fall into the hands of your enemy or the ones that are scaring you. All right. So we got to learn that God is on our side and he's willing to do everything it takes to keep you out of them hands of the ones who are fearing you. But the problem is sometimes we don't let the fear go away. We keep the fear in our mind and we keep worrying about it over and over and over and over and over. In fact, that's what happened to my mom when she had her first stroke. She, the, the jobs that my mom and dad were working for decided, and me, decided to close down and move the factory to town south. And they wasn't offering people to go with them, only a select few. And it forced my mom and dad to take out the retirement that they had. Um, saved up through this company and to live on and the IRA to live on and she kept watching it go lower and lower and lower because my dad found a job but my mom couldn't find a job right away and she tried but as she seen that money get lower the more she would worry and it came to a point where she had a stroke Okay, if she would have, and she was a Christian, but if she would have trust God, instead of looking at the circumstances, she wouldn't have had that stroke. And she was a new Christian in the Lord at that this time. So she was kind of immature as a Christian. She wasn't immature as a human or as an adult. Because my mom was good with money and raised with money. But they hit a bad time in life. And unfortunately the money they had saved for retirement. Basically got used up before she found another job. And she ended up with another job. Working where my dad did. Finally they brought her on as a temp. After they got her back medically. Where she should be. And they found a way to save some money again. But it wasn't the money that they had in the first place. But maybe if she would have went with my dad to there. It would have been in the first place. It would have been easier. But the thing is they would have been working together again. And I don't think they wanted to do that situation where they worked together again. So they tried. But see it must have been God's will for them to work together. Because once she got better and she got into you, the place where she, my dad was working. God blessed them. So God only blesses us if we follow what he is leading us to do. And and remember that he's going to rescue us. We just got to trust him. And not give in to the ones that fear. Alright. The third one. Fear not. When you pass through the, through the water. They shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire. Shall not burn you. 
Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2. In other words, when these trials are coming our way, don't be scared. The storms of life are not going to flood you or stop you unless you let them. The storms of fire of life, the fires that go on in life against us are not going to burn us unless we let them. We got to learn to walk through those storms of life, through those waters and through those fires, knowing that God is not going to singe, even get us wet or singe us with the smoke. We know that um, Reshach, Meshach and Abednego was put into a fiery furnace. And then there was a fourth man that entered that furnace. And the king said it has to be their, their, their God. And let me tell you something, saints. They, they got those people out of the furnace. Meshach, Resach, and Abednego. And they didn't smell like fire. or Their hair wasn't stinged. Their clothes wasn't on fire. God protect them. God will protect you through the fiery furnace. God will protect you through the storms and floods of life spiritually speaking he would do it physically speaking too we might lose some things personally but your your life and you will keep going in the Lord all right fourth be not afraid or dismayed for the battle is not yours, but God's. Second Chronicles 2015. <laughs> Excuse me for my sneeze. Um, what is this telling us? This is telling us. Why are we fighting the battles anyways? Why are we worrying about them? Because the battle belongs to the Lord. The Bible tells us. He takes care of his creation. The Bible tells us. The Take his yoke as light. And let him carry your load. The Bible tells us he will take care of us and guide us. We just got to learn to do it. And we watch people in the Bible that didn't learn to do it. And they got themselves a messes. But we also watch God. People that did learn to do it. And God blessed them. And that's what we got to remember. Number five. In the world you have distress and frustrations but just take courage be confident certain have deprived it of power have you have conquered if you if if it's for you John sixteen thirty three. what is that saying we don't have to worry about anything we gotta have confidence we gotta have faith that everything is going to work out. You might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, I've been living with this thing for quite a few years now. I've been living with this thing for a long time. I've been living with this thing, and it's like another kid to me or another wife to me. In other words, I'm not that confident it's been here. Maybe that's why, because you haven't been confident enough and faith in enough that God is going to bring you through okay number six I will lie down in peace and sleep 
for though I am alone, Lord, you will keep me safe. Psalms 4, 8. And that's by King David talking to us. In other words, yes, he's got all of these enemies David did around about him. Wanting to kill him. He also had his men wanting about him and help him. But he felt alone. But he says, I'm going to go to sleep. In fact, he was actually saying, Lord, I'm going to sleep. I'm not worried about it. I know you're going to take care of it. That's what we got to learn to do. We got to learn to lay down in peace and sleep and not worry about things. Number seven, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Isaiah thirty-four seventeen. What does that mean? That means he hears you. But what we got to realize, sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is maybe, and sometimes the answer is not right now. And also we got to consider the story in the New Testament, I mean in the Old Testament, an angel coming to Daniel in the book of Daniel saying, God answered your prayers a while ago. I was sent to give you the answer. But I got into a fight with the principalities, which is of the air, which which is the devil and his cohorts. So sometimes our answers are delayed because the heavenly host, and they have to fight their way through to get the answer to us. But ultimately the answer come. But I got news for you. And there's a saying that my mother-in-law used to go through, used to say, God is never early, he's never late, and he's on time. God knows when he sent that answer that that angel, Daniel, was going to run into some problems getting the answer. But God knew when to send that angel there so the answer would get there when it get there. See, the devil thought that it wouldn't come. Alright? Or it would come late, but it came just on time. We got to learn to trust the Lord with that. Number eight, you will be sure because there is hope. You will look prevail, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you. Jeremiah fifteen twenty. You're going to be dismayed when God does come. Because all of a sudden it's going to come just when you need it. Hallelujah. God does not forget us. Verse 9. They will write. They will fight against you. But not prevail. For I am the Lord. Who saved and delivered. Jeremiah 15.20. What is that telling us? They might fight against you. But I'm going to bring you through. They're going to lose. Hallelujah. That's what we need to do. We might have the storms of life coming to us. But in the end, they're going to lose. Verse 10. Our fears for today worry about tomorrow. Even the power of hell, nothing in all creation will separate us from God. Romans 8, 38-39. Nothing can separate you. God is there. The only thing that he it won't separate you, but the only thing that can stop a blessing 
is you walking away from God. And that's why the devil tries working on you with this kind of stuff. Because that's what he wants. But if you let God be God, you can't be separated from him. Nothing can separate from you, but it causes havoc when you start doubting. You need to start having faith in what I'm telling you here. Number 11. Those who know your name trust in you, for you have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalms verses nine, Psalms nine verse ten. What is this telling us? Everyone that trusted the Lord in the end can't cannot say that God didn't help them, because God brung them through. Hallelujah. And verse twelve. The last, um, the number 12 and the last thought. The Lord watches over you, stand beside you, and keep you from all harm. Watch over your life. Keep, he keeps watching as you come and go. Psalms 121 verses 5 through 8. And this sums up all 12 verses, all 12 thoughts. He stands beside you. He's beside you. He sees you. He watches when you go out. He watches when you come in. He's there. We just got to trust him enough to sum all this up. Trust him enough to take care of it and us to stay out of it. And do what he says when the answer comes. Hallelujah. So again, if you need to write these verses down. I encourage you to listen to the podcast and go back and write them down. Hopefully you wrote them down as I was saying them. And then study these verses every day. Put them on your refrigerator. Put them on your workbench. Put them, tape them to your desk at work. Put them somewhere around your computer at work. Uh, put them in the car somewhere. Tape them and listen to them while you're driving. You know, wherever you're going to be, put them in front of you somehow, some way, and continue them. And eventually, they'll become second nature to you, and you will learn them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, that ends our story, our Bible study on anxieties, thoughts 1 through 4. I hope it's been a a good good Bible study because that was a good one. And so tomorrow we'll uh, go with something else. And I'll get back to you with that when the time comes because... You know, I would like to let you know, but God ain't let want me to let you know. You know, we just got to keep trusting. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. I'm not sure which way God's going to go yet with this. You know, I got to trust him. So we're going to move on now to our prayer request segment. And I got nine names here. Ten, eleven names here. Well, actually, twelve, thirteen names here. And fourteen. And there's one that's got to come off. And I want to praise that. I did get that today. Um, My friend Dan, he's like a brother to me. I asked him about his brain scan. He told me everything was fine. Everything's okay. And thank you for praying. So we're taking Dan off the list. 
But we're going to pray for my dad and mom, continuing my dad with his breathing problem. He's got to take more medicine, so we're going to pray for that. And plus his aneurysm on his aorta, we're going to pray for that. We're going to continue to pray for my mom's um, heart issue that she had going on. We're going to continue to pray for my cousin Margaret, who is part of the group. Um, she uh, lost her mother recently, so we're going to pray for that. And we're going to pray for Lloyd, until he has cancer, and but he's doing pretty good. Um, my Sean, my friend Sean, he's got an unspoken, plus his family all got coronavirus. I got conflicting reports today. He said, as he sent me a Snapchat today saying that he's feeling a lot better. But then he sent me a messenger when I tried to inquire about his wife and, and his son, um, that he his roughest night was last night and so I'm kind of in the middle I'm I was hoping him to get back to me before I did the podcast but he didn't so we're going to keep him on the prayer for the coronavirus I believe the worst of it not my over he's not over the worst of it but I believe he's feeling better and um but he was just telling me he had a bad night too so I'm trying to get that cleared up before tomorrow um, then we need to still pray for my brother-in-law, Paul, about the executive decisions about the family estate. And for me and Ruthie uh, about the family estate, how to proceed, how we need to proceed when these decisions are made. Um, for my friend Paul in Georgia, actually he said he's doing better. Um, I'm not going to talk about his back anymore. Um, he's in therapy. He's doing better. Um, but we he is worried about his daughter going to school. She started pre-K school yesterday. I didn't, I was supposed to talk to him yesterday, but it got so busy I had to cancel the conversation. Um, but he was supposed to go to school with her yesterday. and So we're going to pray that everything goes good there. And then for my cousin Heather, she's got... Um, breast cancer and she's supposed to have some kind of procedure coming up soon and I gotta get back with Heather's mother to find out exactly when so I'll get back to that but that's what we're gonna pray for and then for Sean's mom and dad I talked to Robin last night playing word with friends I seen she was on so I asked them how they were feeling um, they said they're feeling rough I don't know if that means if Robin, Robin's, I've been getting the impression that Robin's been away from the coronavirus and got it, but her husband's having a rough time, and it sounds like they both are, but I know she was having trouble sleeping, so we're going to pray that for her. And then, we came to the end of the list, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of healing. You are a God to help your people. And Lord, I ask you to be with my dad right now, Jim, in the name of Jesus. I just ask you to help him with his breathing and his wheezing at night. I just ask you to let the medicine do what it's supposed to do and help him. I just ask you to go in and touch his, his aorta and make it stronger. I ask you also to take care of this aneurysm, Lord, that it will go bye-bye when, or it will just not keep growing. 
And Lord, I ask you be with my mom and this heart scare that she had. It ended up that the doctor, her regular doctor, um, sees one way, but her heart doctor sees it another, and he's trying to do it with medicine. So we just ask you to let that medicine work so she doesn't have to have a stress test because last time she had one, they gave her a stroke and the heart doctor don't want that to happen again. And Lord, we ask you to be with my cousin Margaret with the loss of her mom. We just ask you to help her through. And also, Lord, she's still grieving a lot for her dad that she lost a, year, a few years ago. We just ask you to help her with both. And Lord, we ask you to be with Lloyd, Lord, and this cancer that he has. We just ask you to take control. Let the chemo and stuff work and let everything go the way you want, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be with my brother, Sean. He's like a brother to me. and uh, But from another mother, I just ask you to continue to be with this unspoken that he has. And be with the whole family for coronavirus. He alluded to me that he was feeling good through Snapchat, but he also said that his roughest night was last night. So, Lord, maybe that rough night that he had actually healed him through the day. I don't know. I'm still trying to get in contact. And, Lord, I just ask you to let him have compassion and contact me so we know what's going on, too. But touch all of them through that corona time and bring them through, Lord. His son, his wife, and him. And Lord, I ask you to be with my brother-in-law, Paul, as he's making these executive decisions as the, one, as the one to take care of his mom's estate. And let the decisions be fair between both of us and help us too, Lord, to realize how we need to do. Maybe help him make these decisions, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be with my friend Paul from Georgia. And his kid just started preschool and he's scared because the coronavirus and her going. And Lord, I just ask you to help her and bring her through. And I also, Lord, ask you, she kind of has a dominant attitude, Lord, of uh, doing what she wants. I just ask you, let the teachers and stuff be able to do it and maybe let her listen and cause no problem. And Lord, I ask you to be with my cousin Heather. I ask you, Lord, to heal her from this breast cancer or whatever this procedure is going to do takes this breast cancer away, Lord. And I ask you to be with my friends, Sean's dad and mom. Their name is Sam and Robin. I just ask you to be with Sam with this coronavirus. I just ask you to touch and heal him and bring him through. And I ask you to be with Robin. I'm not sure if she's got coronavirus, but she has been having trouble sleeping. And she says things have been rough for her, too. I just ask you to be with both of them, help them through. And Lord, I ask you all this in your precious Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I hope you don't mind. We look like we're going to be going over a little bit today. Um, normally we're done between 25 minutes and 30. Um, but we do have one more segment to do. And I hope that it's okay with you for us to do that. Uh, God teaches in a different way segment is called hidden in the hollows of his hand All right, and basically it's you know about five maybe Seven minutes, you know reading and then talking What the point is and then we'll close but maybe about ten more minutes to the podcast. So I hope that you um, Don't mind because you know God does things in his way and his timing not ours 
Hidden in the Hollow of His Hands. It's a true story by Nancy Hoga, I believe. H-O-A-G. Hoag. Hoag. Like Martha, I've been worrying about many things. My youngest granddaughter, last week of college, had, in my opinion, put her too far away from home. F furthermore, the school has given her a roommate she never once imagined she would have to live with. The situation's not good. I told a praying friend, but other family members believe this will be a great learning experience. Meanwhile, I've seen two neurologists about my brain injury that had for a two weeks been sending me to my bed. The second neurologist had scheduled yet another MRI, and I anticipate results within hours. But that, but after three weeks of waiting, I've heard nothing. My husband reminds how I also worry about the mental in my mouth, the metal in my mouth that I didn't forget to mention. But we already scheduled you for the for the machine we use for patients with mental in their bodies. The nurse said, "When picked, I'll call." And about receiving my results, my friend said. No news is good news, remember. Still, none of this made me feel one bit better. I called the neurologist's office. I worry, and I said, I don't worry. The nurse said, the doctor will get back to you soon. In the meantime, my husband and I had made an offer on a home several hundred miles from where we currently live. The new house would put us near our daughter, but then the heels of our signing the necessary papers we were headed for home to make a plan for selling ours. Current residence, when I lost it, I can't do this. I wept with my husband holding my hand. The brain injury and devastating headaches and waiting to hear about the second MRI. It was too much. What if we're going to be told the worst? The home we agreed we was being offered at a low enough price to seem a bargain. And the relocation would put us not only closer to the family, but only blocked from favor church. On the other hand, uprooting ourselves would be easy and the new house would be larger than the one we'd be leaving. But if we need to hire help with regular cleaning, we living in a single pension. Scotty and I wept. Scotty. I wept. My husband wrapped his arm around my shoulder. He would call on site realtors, and he did the man understood. We would be held to any contract, but it would take time for the earnest money to be returned to our account. So now there was another problem for me to deal with. Would we want want wanted days, weeks, months? Meanwhile, my husband had announced we need to sell our rental. Our rentals were making a mess of our condos. Scotty and Tied of thinking our agent had rented to three renters, only to discover there were nine of them college students and with dogs when we made it clear no pets. 
I didn't want to let go to the ex extra income. If my husband thought it was best, okay. I said, but I wouldn't be happy. Meanwhile, we hidden, we headed Ben home along before I received and. An email from my youngest granddaughter. I've been tricked, tricky, she said, having to adjust to my new school and roommate. I miss the friends I love so much, but she was making the best of her situation, and her uncle had come to take her grocery shopping, and now she received word that she's been made it into one class she wanted so much to be in. Still, I worry, worry baby Scott, he said, would you let the Lord work at it out? I'll try, I said, even though I really couldn't, and I wouldn't until the day she took a long drive with spotted the road sign and delivered past dozens of times. The sign promises that only a short distance beyond the highway and on the other side of the grove of autumn trees, we will find a cafe, country bakery, shall we, I ask. Perfect timing, Scotty grinned. He, he was also hungry. And the cafe that at the first glance seemed in the middle of nowhere, we discovered Christian shopkeepers who created a sweet, comfortable cafe, French baked. Fresh baked bread sent drifts from the kitchen and the glass cases beyond the counter were refilled with, with only cookies and cakes and homemade pickles, sauce, and jams. We stepped back in time to where we would felt undisturbed. The young quirk smiled. May I, may I make you a sandwich? She asked. She also had homemade soup, and they certainly did. It was wonderful. The service at the shop, soup and the sandwich, was even the wall covered with pretty quotes. After lunch, I suggested we visit a churchyard. I caught a glimpse of just up the road. It appeared the church had been vacant for some time, but my charm, charming property and the charming property invited my husband who always interests in how things is built studied the church foundation and clappered siding but I noticed a weathering tree that reminds me of the tree that has grown in my grandmother's yard move closer I touched the glare bark listened to the breeze in its branches, when the thing I thought anticipate caught my eye in the center of the trunk, barely visible for the leaves that had cheated a delicate cover, was a hollow, and inside a tiny nest of patterned twigs built to create a safe place for the offspring, who eventually grow significantly to now be out of their own. The mother and the th and the three had kept the young tucked into in and out of the harm. Why in the hollow, just as you have kept me in the hollow of your hand, Lord? 
I breathe. Had my Heavenly Father meant for me to find the trees, to remind that I am also watched over and protected. Your walls are never before me. I recently read nothing was ever going to touch me and haven't been touched first by him. He knew where I was. He knew what my granddaughter needed. He knew where I needed to live and how and why and what the doctors would discover. Not many weeks had passed before I felt nudged to look at the web and the house we're planning to purchase near our daughter and discovered not only had that house not yet sold, but the price had re was been reduced and he made we had we made the purchase we have lost ten thousand dollars before we even unpacked and about our former rentals there are condos simply empty all over town a bund a builder friend shares they overbuilt even this own properties were without renters if we hang onto the properties we may well have had nothing coming in and about the MRI and had troubled me for weeks. It all looked good. The neurologist nurse was saying my healing would take time. I need to rest. Rest and trust and remember. I breathe as I again pictured the tiny nest carefully created and well knitted. You are my hiding place, I whispered. You will protect me from trouble. Surround me with a song of victory. Psalms 32.7. Amen. So here we are. It's typically the way we deal with crisis. When we get bad news. When things are going, not going the way we want them. She got scared. She got emotional. The devil had thing, his hands and things. That all around her. And it came to a point where they held off selling the house, getting the house. They, they sold the rental properties. And then found out her granddaughter was starting to get what she wants. Even though she had a bad roommate. And that she was so far from home and missing her friends. But then she looked into, they stopped by a church place. Hallelujah. That was vacant, but they saw the, the tree. And in the hollow of the tree, the nest were, the birds took care of their babies. In the hollow of their, of that tree. And God whispered to her, you're in the hollow of my hands palm of my hands I'll take care of you she remembered that and she went home and then she a few weeks later she went on the internet and found out that the house was still for sale but they reduced the price by $10,000 and they would have lost paid $10,000 more by paying the extra 10000 so now they could buy the house and even be cheaper they found out that the condos they sold, if they would evict, that they're empty. All the ones they had, and they would have no money coming in. Because they probably would have had to evict them, and they still probably wouldn't have no money in them either. 
and they found out the granddaughter was being better in school. She got one of her classes that she really wanted. So what does this tell us? When we let God be God, we let Him take care of us, and we don't try to do things on our own, God will bring us through and help us through. Just like we learned in our Bible study today. Ain't that awesome how God can take two sources, two sources, and tell you the same thing? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you enjoyed today's God teaches us in a different way story and our Bible story and anxiety. And I hope you learn that we got to let God be God and let him do what he needs to do in our lives. And sit back and wait and watch God bless us. Hallelujah. On that note, I like we came to an end of our podcast. And i like to thank you for listening. Today, I'm your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. I'd like to say love one another, take care of one another, be safe one another, and help one another. And also, if this podcast has been sharing, been a blessing to you, I ask that you um, share it with a friend or a family member where they can start listening too. Because it's, this podcast is designed to help people in a lost and dying world find Jesus and also help us Christians who need help in our dark times know that what the Bible says about that and bring us through. On that note, I'd like to say God bless you. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver, your host, saying see you next time on God's Internet Church Podcast, Episode 14. God bless you and have a good day.